Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What's up, Cuse Nation? Welcome to another episode of Thai Thoughts with Tyler Morona. First, before we hear from Tyler and his thoughts, uh, I want to just remind you that the... UNC post game for the Cuse Militia is available wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you're listening to this uh, particular show here. And also, I got to remind you guys that the title sponsor for Tie Thoughts, the Cuse Militia and Armchair Media, is betonline.ag. Now, football is in full swing, the NFL and the NCAA. It's back, the wait is over. And for now, can it get screwed up? I mean, possibly, but I doubt it. Come on, guys. Uh, this is this is this is gonna finish out. It looks good. Now the the bad news is is you might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get involved in all the betting this season at Bet Online. From game spread in totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, BetOnline. Also, look, it's sometimes an awkward conversation to have, but no one needs to know. No one needs to know. I got a secret promo code for you, and um, you can receive a cute little deal off of the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, okay? One better than the 2.0, as you know. Now, this is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you the confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs. You know what I'm talking about, gentlemen. Uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever. Whatever you... Whatever floats your boat, gentlemen. And ladies. In fact, ladies can use this thing. Ladies, you can steal this thing from your man. You can take it. You can use it. Rinse it off. It's waterproof. Dry it. Pat it down. Put it back. Whatever. No harm, no foul. Also, the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, you know, I don't use a nail file. Again, ladies, you can use a nail file. That's fine. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim up your nails in any style. Now, um, you can get all of this stuff, all right, very easily. Go to manscaped.com. Listeners of this show and the Cuse Militia and anyone from Armchair, basically, use this. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code armchair. That's it. Manscaped, thank you. Here we are. Tie Thoughts, Season 1, Episode 3, now.
All right, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for sticking with me throughout this time of trying to re-establish the show and get my own kind of hour back. And um, for those of you who are wondering when I say an hour, and it's uh, closer to 40 minutes, so um, in terrestrial radio, you know, they take a commercial break. So I'm trying to train for when one day I have commercial breaks, got to be able to cut in and out and make sure that we do segments. So, um, so you know, I'm trying to get better at this whole thing. And I really want to thank all of you guys. And um, quick shout out to uh, you, the listener, for tuning in. Um, the best thing you can do for me, if you like me, is subscribe to this feed. That is the Q's Militia feed. Obviously, the Q's Militia brand was uh, started by Sean and Joe, and you can always check out their podcasts under this. And if you want to, especially um, let me know how much you like me, send me a review if you're on iTunes, and just let um, Sean and Joe know that I am, in fact, a better podcaster than they are. They'd love to see that. So go ahead and do that. Um, be the best way to, to get me excited and to keep doing this. Um, even after the football season, because, you know, life goes on, but podcasting never stops. So that's that. want to thank everybody for tuning in on this um, grim week after a 31-6 to loss for Syracuse football. So we have to jump right into that. And um, the way that I saw things on Saturday start to play out was when when the ball kicked off, it almost didn't feel like things were like, it, it's not right. And I, I want to address that elephant in the room real quick is that... Um, I'm almost at the point with no matter what sports season it is or what we're doing in life right now to just kind of disqualify the meaning and all the emotion that surrounds it and all the preparation or any of the the merit that goes into this because – in sports, especially as a sports fan, you have to find a way to hedge against your emotions and also protect yourself from yourself as a fan first and foremost because let me tell you, I was – you know, I try to be an analyst here – but in reality, I'm I'm a large in in stature, but also um, a large emotional fan of Syracuse athletics, especially football. So um, you know everything was painful for me too. So to be able to kind of identify the fact that yes, this is definitely some sort of kind of a, a sham season in a way because things aren't you know there's no fans there's the the season can go away at any point and we just have to enjoy it while we have it so we're kind of put into these tight constraints and yet Syracuse still comes out and lays an egg um I want to kind of express one one thought I had on the weekend as a whole before we dive into Syracuse and and their game in the particulars which was it really felt like across football all this weekend was that there were some teams that were playing as if you know okay it's a long season we're going to kind of treat this like baseball as you know some teams do especially at the NFL level where they're going game one isn't the you know the indication of how our season is going to go look I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and um and I'm and I mentioned that how in the first episode of Tie Thoughts how I'm a Cowboys fan first and foremost but I'm kind of hedging with the Chargers because I thought they were going to be good. Turns out the Chargers are probably just as good as the Cowboys, and that's mediocre. And um, so, you know, to have two losses by my favorite teams really hurt. However, going back to the point was, I think that certain teams are playing this week as if, you know, okay, we're going to have the full season. Let's get the kinks figured out first. If we get rolled in the first game, that's okay because we have plenty more to go to get back into the – 
the running or, you know, back into the divisional race or back into the, you know, national conversation. Other teams are going pedal to the metal, like, hey, we don't know how it's going to go and we got to get ourselves on film and we're, we're just going to go out there and, and, and shoot our bullet this game. And, you know, and teams that do that, um, they oftentimes will come out and then they'll say, you know, we're, we're going to fire off this round. And, and if we fire it out, then, you know, who knows what happens on the backside injury or giving away their plays or, just falling flat and running out of energy at the end of the game. So I, I I want to refrain from thinking that Syracuse was hiding stuff on offense or that they were treating this as their tune up game by getting, you know, pretty much killed 31 six. But that's kind of the thing is that I think if we all take a pragmatic or an objective view at the game and we say, okay, well we left 13 points on the table because we didn't kick it or we missed one kick and we didn't kick it in another situation. So there's six points. And then we had the overthrow by Tommy in the end zone. And that's, that's your seven. So if we're going back and we're saying that if we get 13 extra points to add on to the six and we take back one of their touchdowns, then 19 to 24 doesn't sound as bad. Right. Because that, I think whenever you're doing the, okay, you give us back the points, you also have to think about, okay, North Carolina, they did give us the ball twice and we didn't capitalize on either of those. So I don't think, and obviously Rex Culpepper threw it away in garbage time. Who cares? Um, that's, that's neither here nor there. So the, the, the turnover ratio, um, was definitely in our favor when it, when it mattered. So we had, I believe we took it away. Um, three times because I think they gave it away on special teams too. Yes. Okay. So we had two fumbles or one fumble, two picks. Okay. So there we go. So they gave us the ball three times and we capitalized on, I think maybe one of them with a field goal. So, I mean, that's just not going to get it done. And then when we gave it away, then, you know, obviously they ran out the clock and that was that. But if, if we're talking in the neighborhood and we don't let them have that last touchdown, and it's 19 to 24, are we feeling like, hey, man, you know, these the Syracuse Orange, you know, are, are we talking sneaky contender here if we're playing against the Tar Heels and we're, we're keeping this close? I think that the story kind of lies in the middle. So that story to me is Sam Howell, 295 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. To me, that's he did not look good. Um, and, and we were trying to take advantage of him at his most vulnerable with when he didn't have any preparation on us and we had all of the advantages in the world going into this game with no tape and with them having no preparation. So if we, and, and it showed, and that's why we took the ball away from them three times because number one, we were making plays in that secondary, which I knew we would. The three-three-five defense is going to lead to interceptions. What do we do well? We intercept the ball. What did we see out of our star center fielder, our free safety, our rover? We saw an interception over the middle. I mean, that that was just like that was. And you know what? Um, just to touch on Andre, he's playing at an NFL level already in college. And NFL scouts come into colleges and they say, "I want to see who's already a professional at your level." I'm scouting professional football players that have to be playing at the college level that's what Andre Sisco is doing right now and to be honest I need him if I'm a coach and I'm looking at this from a coach's perspective to go in and you know to go amongst the team and say like hey 
if for nothing else, this is how you play at my level. And it's hard. Coming from a farmer player, you I, I saw Marquis Sproul and Jay Bromley and how, how they acted. And as a young guy, I knew that I was going to get there eventually. Granted, I never got the opportunity to rise to the occasion, but I knew that by their example that would pay dividends one day. And I'm just hoping that Andre is one of those guys that says, hey, look, here's how you do it. You may not have the talent that I have, but at least this is what gets me there mentally. So that's 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 one thing I, I want to note. Number two, um, our number one was the score takes care of itself. Because if we think that, okay, this is a closer game than what it really felt like, then we don't feel as bad leaving the game. If we have that touchdown pass completed, maybe that's an extra, you know, 60 yards total that Tommy gets. Now we're talking in the maybe the 200 yard range, but to only rush for 1.9 yards a carry on 35 attempts is I mean, it's woeful. It's it's um you wake up in the morning and you it's it feels but as a coach to have 1.9 yards of carry it if i woke up in the morning and like imagine the biggest bouncer you've ever seen at a bar he's just standing in front of you and he punches you right in the face as soon as you wake up i think that feels better than having to be coach Kavanaugh this morning thinking about how he's going to solve this o-line situation i really do i really think that you know having the biggest dude you've ever seen like for me it's john raymond uh farmer defensive nose tackle uh, at syracuse university I think that if he was just hovering above me when I woke up and he just punched me straight back to sleep, I think that would be better off than what Coach Kavanaugh has to do this week. And and moving forward, and, and to the guy's credit, I've met him. I think he's a good coach. I just think that he's been dealt one of the worst hands possible with his personnel. Now, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, excuses for that either. But we're starting to get that rounded out. And if you look at who we have coming in as far as the recruiting goes – I don't think it's that much of a problem. So, um, because I think that his coaching will eventually meet the the personnel that we have. So, <sighs> defensively, I really like what we have going on. We're going to make plays. Offensively, we're in. We're right back to where we we started. I don't. I don't see any redeeming qualities. I don't see that. Um, you know when we had that missed corner out in the end zone. Why? That happened. I mean, that was that that wasn't even a miscommunication. That was two guys just not playing good football. And Coach Babers came out and said these things will get corrected. But at this point, I'm I'm at an eight out of ten on the panic scale for our offense. That we're going to be right back to where we were if the O line gets healthy. I do see it really progressing. And I'm not sure whether or not I'm willing to say that North Carolina is like has arrived defensively, um, because as we know, they're very much improved. They're trending in the right direction. They're picked to, to finish second in the ACC. So if you were to compare and think about the team that won the or came in second in the ACC like the past like four or five years, whether that's been a really good Florida State team with Jameis Winston the year before he declares, the year after they won the national title, whether it was Clemson back in that day when they won the national title, whether that's, um, you know, you name it. I mean, that the, the second best team in the ACC is a very, very good team. You know, most of the time it's either a top 15 team or or higher. I mean, when we were the second best team in the ACC, we were in the top 15 at one point. So, 
And we beat up on teams like Syracuse this year. You know, that team would have taken care of us this year. So it's tough to say, you know, how far behind we really are. You see the experts say, you know, we're second to last. Um, that, that seems a little reactionary. However, I think the offense is dead last, but I don't think that the defense is. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, after the showing, and Florida State lost to, to Georgia Tech, so I mean, there's, there's growing pains, everybody. And um, that's, that's the main thing, is that um, this year is going to be a year where if you want to feel comfortable throwing it out, I mean, this year is definitely a year. It's a throwaway year. But if you don't want to throw it out, here's what you can look forward to. Defense is going to rise to the occasion, and hopefully we're in a position offensively to where if Tommy is not as shell-shocked as he now is moving forward, then you know we have a recipe for success. I, I'm not BSing you when I say that there are pieces. Like if you go to a buffet and you say, I really like chicken, steak, cheeseburgers, and french fries – but they don't all make the greatest meal together. It's the same thing with our offensive weapons. I really like, you know, it, it feels like we're going to, um, you know, a country or what's that place called? A Cracker Barrel or, you know, whatever, the uh, hometown buffet. And you're like, you know what? I, I like mac and cheese. I like green beans. I like mashed potatoes. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're just, you have a plate full of sides. That's what we got right now. With no meat up front, we don't get to to enjoy the sides quite like we normally do. Okay, there you go. There's your Colin Cowherd for the week. So uh, I'm feeling a little funky today. I was feeling good, um, and in in solidarity with Dak Prescott, uh, I said I was a Cowboys fan in, in the first segment. Um, you know, I was I, I was coming home today on on the, on the ride in from or the ride home from work. And, um, you know, I've, it's been so long since I've relaxed and not felt the anxiety or, or the depression of, um, feeling like I, you know, kind of failed in my sports career. And, um, and, and it meant a lot to me that, you know, Dak said stuff about mental illness or, um, you know, that it's okay to not be okay. So, um, you know, I was, I was having a good day and I just wanted to throw that, um, you know, fluid in there because I was like, I was thinking if, if I just, you know, kind of, you know, have just years worth of me talking uninterrupted (laughs) and there's no sounds in between that, um, man, it's like that, that's a lot of me talking and the, I had I had a couple other things prepared, but um, maybe we'll circle back around to them. But I was thinking about how video games have become like a, a legit, you know, source of income recently, and I was thinking, you know, it's like, man, if video games are becoming a, a, a legit source of income for young people, it's you know really imperative for the youth or whomever to follow what they like, because it's very apparent you can make money in whatever you're doing. And it's, you know, it's a shame to kind of put down things that you don't understand. And, um, in life I have kind of found that. So, you know, when you, you go up to a door, it could be a knob or a handle. And I've been getting this a lot because I just started this new job and, um, 
every time I go to open a door handle, because a lot of the school, you know, a lot of the buildings in the school are still closed or locked or whatever. I just don't know the lay of the land yet. You know what's the worst thing ever? When you go up to the door and you just, you're like, you know what? I know exactly which way I'm going. I know the route I need to go. And you just go in full confidence. You get stiff handle. Like getting stiff handle on the door, like it is so humiliating. You, you, I look all around me. I turn around in the 360 degrees to make sure nobody just saw that I got stiff handle because it's like, and, and, and you know what? It kind of, it almost uh, chips my elbow because I go in full extension with that bad boy. And when I don't get that turn, like I'm looking for, it's, it's either a chipped elbow or the ball and socket of my shoulders flying undone. So, and that's kind of what it felt like for me to do what I like and then have it, you know, kind of just come to a screeching halt. Now, um, not to make this all about my football career, but um, to to passionately go after the things that make you happy in life or make me happy in life has been the ultimate cure for um, my struggles. And I think it's just, it's necessary to, in the, the thought, or not the thought, but the conversation with mental illness keeps coming up, especially now during uh, the pandemic, because we're just forced to sit by ourselves and sit in this um, aloneness. But, and we have to, be in, in our aloneness, it almost, you know, amplifies those doors that we feel are, are closed. And to go back to the video games thing, I don't think I ever, I ever would have been a professional video games player, nor do I, nor do I want to be. But I think about how many kids that were shooed away by their parents or other people that just didn't understand what the kid was going through when either playing it or the success that the kid felt or whoever felt while playing video games. And now it's turned into something that's identified with other people that have that situation going on. And so the more that people are starting to illuminate either mental illness or the struggles or even to the cures that they have found, you know what that starts to do? It starts to create community and then we're not alone anymore. All right. So that's, that's, that's one thing. Um, and without a doubt, um, I got, I got stiff handled this weekend because the Cowboys and Syracuse lost and I was out without my fiance. Um, and, and in reality, I actually got stiff handled today at work too. And that, that was quite frankly, super embarrassing. Um, but I, I'm starting to kind of push past the, the fear of saying, you know what, this is, this is what I like and um, the best version of me is me doing the things that I like because trying to fit in and, and be in the box or <sighs> worrying about the opinion of others is, is really damaging to me. And so to be able to move past that and say, hey, you know what, Dak, I, I hear you, I see you, and although you annoy the crap out of me, I appreciate what you said and the fact that um, Skip Bayless would have to try to say something about that has been talked about at nauseum, but I keep seeing the, you know, suicide hotline number and I keep seeing, you know, all the, the efforts that are going into it. And I just wanted to take a quick moment and talk about it because I, 
I'm just a different type of guy. You know, I'm, I'm a funky guy and I'm different than, you know, a lot of other football coaches or a lot of other football players. And I'm okay with that. And to me, for me to be okay with that, um, you know, really helps me with, you know, something was said to me, uh, you know, about me dropping down from being a college coach to a high school coach. And someone said, you know, you're, you're too good to be a high school coach or, you know, that's beneath you. And, you know, what are you doing? And, you know, and to me, like, this is my dream and somebody that doesn't understand the, the impact or whatever I see in it, it it really hurt. It, it, it hurt me and it kind of rattled me to my core and it made me start to question like, what is, you know, what is, is this what I want? And am I a failure in other people's eyes? And all that emotion started to come up again. And I had to check myself and say, this person just stiff handled me. But that's, you know, but that's not the end of it. Cause I know there's another goddamn door around the corner that's going to open because I know the lay of the land. I know that the building typically doesn't have one entrance. And if this is what makes me happy, then you know, then, then that's that. Like, I don't have to justify anything else. And the people that love you want to love the best version of you. And eventually the best version of you will be the best that there is to offer. And then that person starts to have the key to the stiff handled doors. And then all of a sudden now we're talking about the, the, the example in like a, a 3d sense. Right. So that's tie thoughts for today. Yeah. <laughs> So to me, I think the saxophone is actually the most underrated instrument on planet Earth. Changed my mind. I think some of the most talented musicians are saxophone players. Because I don't know if you guys have ever seen a saxophone instrument, but um, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense on how you play it. Like you blow into the the, the reed, and then it, 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 like there's all these you know levers and contrat. Anyway, so people that can really play the sax. That's like a top one sounding instrument, if you can get it figured out right. So I'm really just in a jazz mood today. I'm liking it. I'm feeling it. And it's also breaking up the segments. So quick pro talk. So now we're into pro talk. Um, that's with uh, NFL and NBA. I want to I wanna hit a couple things real quick. Um, I, I clap back on somebody on the internet that said preseason football is not necessary. And I couldn't, agree, or couldn't disagree more with that. Because, number one, the injuries this weekend, and it's not so much the volume of injuries, but it's the devastation of the injuries. It's torn Achilles, torn ACL, broken collarbone. That's all underuse. Like, those are all injuries due to underuse in training camp and then going straight into NFL games. Like, that is exactly what that is. Because the guys barely got a chance to, to get right street legal and right with the Lord before going out there and, and putting their, you know, putting themselves on the line. And in the Cowboys game, it showed we lost Leighton Van Der Esch, our starting middle linebacker, our tight end, Cameron Irving. And then we're already missing guys in, in general. Then you see Marlon Mack go down with the torn Achilles and you see uh, Le- Le'Veon Bell with a hamstring. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So it's not just the, 
number of injuries. It's how bad the injuries are. So I want to I want to really rein in all the folks that are saying preseason's not necessary. Look, it works. To me, this is a complete failure on the NFL's part to protect their greatest asset. Colin Cowherd talks about this a lot. The fans care Zippo. And Vegas cares Zippo about position players. Maybe if, let's say, um, Jadavion Clowney in his prime was playing for South Carolina and he didn't play, sure, that changes the landscape of the game. But at the professional football level, the one position that moves the line more than a point is the quarterback. So yes, they're protecting the quarterbacks this week, and they got lucky so far. I mean, there's still a couple more games to go on Monday night. Cross your fingers. But if one quarterback gets hurt, you know, got hurt out of this because the offensive line wasn't ready to pick up their assignments, and let's say Tom Brady goes down, he's out for the rest of the season. Let's say you know Jared Goff, God forbid, you know one of these big name market teams gets you know lost for the season because they didn't have enough time to get their protections down. A complete and utter disaster on the NFL's part, and they didn't have the opportunity to get it right. So I want to, I really want to rein in the horses that are saying preseason is not necessary. It's a hundred percent necessary. I even wish that there was a way to make preseason and college football a thing because I think that, you know, in college, you get the ability to scrimmage a lot more because you have two NFL rosters worth of guys on your roster the entire year. So you're always going to have the depth to be able to scrimmage, to be able to practice and lose a guy. But the, here, here comes the problem, if you're following me here. If you're a bad team and you have two bad sides scrimmaging against each other, you get real no idea what's going on because you don't have an outside look. It's the same thing when I'm at Newport Harbor and all the coaches are saying, oh man, you know, we'd look bigger, we'd look faster. And I go and comparison to what i put no credence in anything but guys lining up on the football field on friday saturday or sunday night and and going after it and that's the thing is that if you can't go after it in a real way nfl players are you know the best at what they do i get it some teams are better than others and more teams are loaded with more talent than others but you really need the preseason and i don't care if they go out there and the and they play the same team two times or if they don't you know or if they play themselves like you just have to go out there and you have to get real work in obviously on hard knocks they showed that they had a couple of scrimmages but in reality, most of those periods aren't full go, meaning that maybe they have five minutes of the entire you know day of practice where they're actually colliding with each other. It's just not enough. Preseason needs to be held in rare air for evaluators because that is the time where, number one, the bottom 10% to 20% of the roster turns over every year. And every team needs to find those guys for, for their team for that year. And that's what preseason does. Number two, Two, the body needs the ramp-up period. It's just the way it goes. You need to get the calluses. I needed the calluses on my body. I needed that body armor, that shell, to protect myself. Because the things that hurt in August are still hurting in December, and you need to be able to prep yourself for that that longevity. And it starts all the way in the spring, and it goes on from there. No OTAs, no mini camps, nothing. It's it, it really put the NFL in a tough spot. So I I'm I, I feel sorry for the NFL, for all the guys that they're losing and all the guys that they're gonna lose. This isn't a doom and gloom. Because you know what I did see? I saw a lot of good offensive performances out there. Russ uh Russell Wilson, even Matt Ryan looked good. I mean, his his ability to to you know flip his hips and, and, and move the safeties off their mark is unbelievable. And um 
I mean, Russell Wilson, holy cow. But um, the same things prevail. Um, Mahomes is is incredible. Lamar, incredible. Joe Burrow is Tony Romo with the decision-making ability. It's, I mean, and the, the one thing I took away, especially with Joe Burrow, is that I think the quarterback from here on out, like the best quarterback in college for, from, for every year from now on, and there's probably going to be more as we go along too, is just going to be number one, they're going to be a high level athlete. Even if they don't look like it, Joe Burrow ran for a 25 yard touchdown run. That's significant. You don't see Tom Brady doing that every day. You don't see Ryan Tannehill. Maybe you see him a little bit, but you kind of catch my drift on where I'm going here. You don't see a lot of guys, you know, outrunning defenders for 20, plus yards at a time. So the quarterback position is getting even more athletic. It's a requirement, i.e. Kyler Murray, see Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. And that's now becoming the benchmark for playing high school quarterback. You have to be able to throw, run, and also read defenses at a much earlier level, which is going to lead to the quarterback position having a new standard set. And I think that it's just going to keep getting better and better from there. Um. Number two, coaches are actually starting to, it looks like they're, they're playing into the hands of the rookies and the young guys saying, Hey, look, um, if you want, I'll make this offense for you right now and we'll build out from there. I mean, that's, that's the way to go. The Bengals got no, you know, they got no business winning, but I love the ability to have a guy come in right away and all of a sudden get a bat, a, a, what seemingly is a bad offensive team and the Chargers and a fantastic defensive team on their heels in game one, first start ever. And I just loved his ability to come down the field and and, and do a two-minute drive. C.D. Lamb's going to be the truth. He's really skinny, but we already knew that. Um, among other teams, I don't know how many others really impressed me. I think that the Saints and Bucks are evenly matched. I think Tom Brady just threw a pick six, and, and that happens. I mean, he was the guy that's been on a different team for 20 years, and it looked like he was you know, starting out with a new team for the first time in 20 years. That's like literally exactly what it looked like you know, as, as a football guy and a football coach now. So um, don't sell the farm yet on Tom. I'll obviously come back around and say that was my fault if it's wrong. Um I'm going to I'm going to zig a little bit here and when I say that I'm going to say I actually like the Arizona Cardinals a lot in in their division moving forward. I think that they're too young, too inexperienced and too carefree to understand that they're like the quote unquote young team that's not ready to win yet. I don't even think that's the case. I think they're just like, you know what? We're here. This is a weird year. Let's just go out there. And maybe we're just good right now. If the if the crowd is not a factor and we don't have to overcome these obstacles, then maybe we're just good. Like maybe we just, you know, all the intangible things that they talk about are thrown out the window. And our best versus your best, I am starting to think that Arizona's best are actually pretty good. Okay. The Bills... Very good. Love what I'm seeing from Bill's Mafia. I think that the way that they built their team is how you write about it in like the textbooks. Their GM is killing it. And I really think that this is a take that I need to get out there. Okay. Go with me to Indianapolis now. They have that same kind of mold, how they're building it from the from the inside out 
I think that they signed Philip Rivers to try his hardest, knowing that he loses all of his games now, so that he's going to go out there and try to win and end up losing, so that they can get their way into a top five pick, take a quarterback, and now they're off to the races with everybody else. They're going to stay in every game, and Phil's going to throw it away. It's going to happen, trust me. And if that's the case, then their GM deserves not GM of the year, but GM of the century, because I think it's going to work out for them if they have that mindset. A lot of people are saying that Gardner Minshew is the guy that they wanted Baker Mayfield to be. (sighs) Okay, look, folks, Gardner Minshew has no expectations. He's doing okay, but he beat the Colts. So the Colts might end up being like the worst team in football this year, unironically. So um, in, in, in all reality, the worst team still may be the Browns. So don't, don't get lost on them. So that that was kind of my my week one standouts for the NFL. I really enjoyed it. Thank you to all the men and women that made that happen um, this week, and especially on all levels that are um, you know going out there and serving our community to make football happen. Much needed. All right, before Tyler wraps it up with something he calls the NBA, uh, whatever that is, we will wrap up. Our sponsorship with our title sponsor at BetOnline.ag. Listen, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, whether or not you can make it to a game or not. You can go there. You can go there for all of the NCAA action, all of the NFL action, all of the NBA action, and... Um, you know, you could still do the virtual stuff too. So, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season open bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures. Now, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Thank you, Bet Online. Now, Beck Tyler. Okay, quick quick NBA deal. Um, the Lakers are the favorite, and there's no other way to sit here and say that there's any other way around this. Even if the Clippers advance, the Clippers don't know how to win in big series. This is just the way they are. The, the Clippers are a fraud franchise that have, have never done anything significant in their franchise history, and, and they act like it. And no matter how many superstars they sign, they'll never be the Lakers. So that's kind of the way it goes. They're going to go to a Game 7, which they were up 3-1. The only two teams to ever do that are the Oklahoma City Thunder and Steph Curry's Warriors back-to-back. Now, I know other teams have lost 3-1, but let's be realistic here. The firepower that the Clippers have is kind of on par with that Oklahoma City team, and then to blow it to not nearly a Warriors-laden roster, I mean, things are getting a little out of control over in Clipperland. And yes, I'm going to call them out on it. I think that they've done a a horrible job this playoffs at understanding who they are, understanding that Kawhi is probably the best playoff player, and understanding that they're a defensive team first. I mean, they just got walked all over whenever they go out there. I mean, they're a despicable franchise. That's what they do. They do despicable things. So a big shout out to Denver. I love their uniforms. I don't like their roster, really, because I think it's kind of a lot of weird fits. Shout out Jeremy Grant, one of the most athletic players I've ever seen in my life. Um, literally uh, caught the ball on top of the backboard and then dunked it on his way down from 17 feet in the air. I don't know how he did that, but um, I saw it with my two eyes, and that's all that really matters. Um, to round out the Eastern Conference, the Bucks are a disaster, as it turns out. Apparently, Giannis said that his whole entire team sucks, and he wants it made <laughs> made over. Which, hey, I mean, if he's getting bounced by the Heat, a bunch of tryhard guys that are filled with Division Three players, I think it's kind of fair to say that the Bucks are a disaster. Now they have Jimmy Butler. 
And he's playing like a top 10 player, even though I don't think he is. So really, you know what's going to end this pandemic is the Lakers and Celtics playing in the NBA Finals. The Lakers win in six. It's a tale as old as time. That's what's going to happen. Um, so that that's uh, Pro Talk with Tyler. That's another episode of Ty Thoughts. Hang in there, Q's fans. I know that this weekend was tough, but again, if you're thinking about this in the, the from the standpoint from we played the second best team in the ACC, I wonder how good they're going to be. And I wonder how, you know, I'm not ready to say we're this bad and they're that good. I actually think the truth does lie somewhere in the middle. We've got playmakers on defense and Chris Elmore is playing O-line. So that that should kind of say all that needs to be said. Um, my heart hurts too. Let's move on from here. It's all up from here. Go Orange. Love you guys. No stiff handles this week. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? 
In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.